Hi everyone, Brandon here with just a few words before the start of this week's podcast. Tuesday, December 3rd is Giving Tuesday, which is an opportunity for you, our readers, to give back to Glass Tire. I don't know if you realize this, but Glass Tire is a nonprofit organization, meaning that our articles, videos, and podcasts are supported by readers and listeners like you. Any donation to Glass Tire goes a long way, and all gifts are tax deductible. If you appreciate what we do, please consider donating to us. You can find more information and a link to donate at glasstire.com forward slash donate. Hello, and welcome to Art Dirt, a podcast where we at Glass Tire talk about topical art topics. My name is Brandon Zeck. I'm Christina Reese. And today we're going to be talking about studio visits. So there's a lot of different kinds of studio visits, actually. When we kind of thought about this as a concept, we were thinking about all the different really ways there are to bring people together in a studio and all the different situations. Um, We're going to kind of run down a list. So it's not just going to be like doing a studio visit with an MFA student or being brought in to do studio visits or, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios and maybe a lot of tips and tricks that can be applicable to a lot of different situations. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I know how to do a studio visit. I have done a lot of studio visits. That's great. And that's what I hope we can kind of contribute the conversation to. And part of this is because, uh, Christina, you and I have recently done uh, a fair number of studio visits actually with MFA students. Right, right. I did, I I did, um, I was at TCU week before last and did 11 in one day, which I've got to say is quite a marathon. That's, that's not typical. I was supposed to do 12 actually. Um, and you just did a set of studio visits with MFAs at UNT up in Denton. Yes. And I, I didn't do 11. I did, uh, five, which was, you know, I mean, five 30 minute studio visits. If you're giving it your all will still drain you. Oh, yeah. Studio visits are not a joke. I mean, this is not something to be super casual about and to take for granted. Any artist who allows you into their studio to look at their work, this is a very soul-bearing exercise. It's a big deal. Um, A lot of artists are very nervous about it, whether they're nervous about the person who's visiting or not. It's just, you know, it's a very vulnerable moment for them. Um, Certainly, there are very brash and brave artists who would probably just have anyone come in and say whatever they want, but that's generally not how it works. Um, even, uh, in graduate schools, the various MFAs, they've got their own committees, you know, they put together committees of their professors and I've taken part in all different kinds of studio visits. I've been doing studio visits since the mid nineties, but, and I've done it in all capacities as a critic, as a gallery owner, as a curator, Mm -hmm. you've done it, um, as an artist, a fellow artist, you've done it as a fellow student, you've done it, um, you've done it as a journalist and yeah, in both ways also, I've had people, uh, maybe I've had fewer people visit my studio, uh, than I have visited studios, but I've been on the receiving end of it a little bit too. So, which is a, a little bit of a different perspective also. And, you know, I've felt the nerves and I've, I've, know that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'd say one of the basic rules probably to start with, it's a good guide is don't walk in with answers, just walk in and keep your mind 100% open and be ready to ask questions. Now, Mm -hmm. this is not a boilerplate thing. This isn't like, there's not a set of canned questions for an artist and you don't want to come off that way either. 
Um, remember that you are a full-fledged human being, and the artist is a full-fledged human being, and they've got good radar, they have good antenna, and they can tell when you're being honest or not honest. So probably the best thing to do just in order to approach it as an honest person is wipe your brain before you even walk in. You don't know what you're going to see. You not you don't know what you're going to be dealing with. So preconceived ideas about what you're dealing with is probably a bad idea, even if you're a professor. On that sense, do you recommend, like, researching an artist before you do a studio visit? Of course, it's a whole different can of worms if you know the artist or you're familiar with the artist's work or any of that. But if you're visiting an artist, do you do legwork before you visit their studio? Certainly, I did not get a chance to do that with these 11 MFAs I visited last week. Um, I did not know their work, and that was fine. Mm -hmm. I think even if you do know an artist's work pretty well, there's a good chance that if they're asking you to come to a studio visit, they're working on something new, um, or they're trying out a direction that's new for them, and they don't know how they feel about it, and they'd like some feedback. Now, remember, you know, artists... They don't want to create work in a vacuum. You and I have said this a million times. We've said it on Art Dirts and we write it when we write. They're making the art for human engagement. and But not knowing whether or not they're on the right track, you know, it's one thing to have maybe their fellow artists, especially if they're already established working artists and they've got peers who they've come up with through the years, you know, to have one of their buddies stop by their studio to have a beer and talk about this new painting is one thing. I don't think you and I have really anything to say to veteran artists who are used to doing studio visits or just hang out in the studios with their friends. Yeah. But these new directions and new ideas, even if I go see somebody I'm very familiar with, let's just say somebody you and I both know and we've done studio visits with, maybe somebody like Celia Eberly. Mm-hmm. I don't walk in there knowing I know some I know a lot about her I know something about how her mind works I know her art history but I don't know what she's working on right this second and how she feels about it and why she's making it and that's just a stance of respect that you come into the situation with to start with Um, I don't just start yapping in other words yeah no I completely agree I mean the best Some of the most uh, kind of interesting and catalytic studio visits that I had had with people talking about my own work was people just asking the very boilerplate questions about it. Because if it is new work, that means you're still formulating ideas and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But people asking the basic questions about it will make you realize that either you do or you don't have the answers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And not that necessarily all work needs to have answers. You know, I'm a big fan of people being able to figure out work for themselves and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But just answers for you so that you can know the core idea of what you're doing. Like, if people start asking you those basic questions, you might realize that you're really kind of still figuring it out. And those questions will make you start figuring it out because we don't really ask ourselves those basic questions as much as we need to sometimes. Yeah, we don't necessarily, you, you may not necessarily know where the work is coming from at that point, not yet. And um, I think that, I think that in school, the idea of critiques, especially with the fellow students is an interesting one because I've watched this go down where, 
how do I put this? If there's a kind of hostility toward that particular MFA or that student, that can just that can just inform the entire critique. Um, it just feels like a big takedown. I've seen, it's like blood on the walls. I mean, I've left critiques where I'm like, wow, that student really got hit hard. And you have to wonder what the backstory is if this person just isn't well-liked or if this person has been a really frustrating person to work alongside for a long time. But, you know, if I'm a visitor in this room and I'm seeing the work for the first time and I'm watching this dynamic that either professors or students are being extremely hostile toward a particular artist, you have to wonder what's going on there. And you also have to wonder how genuine anything is that's being spoken about. Mm -hmm. I, but then again, if you don't know the backstory, maybe you should just back off and let this bloodbath happen. I still think though, that for an artist making the work, they may think that they're absolutely on the right track. And the idea that they have to engage with an actual human being who comes into the room and has a response to it is kind of a moment of truth. And you know, how much you bring your own as a visitor, whether you're a curator or a collector or a writer or a fellow artist, you know, your genuine curiosity is something that the artist is going to be looking for. So one thing that you can do to make the whole thing account and be honest and be real and make it worthwhile for you and the artist is to find the thing that most interests you in what is happening in there and ask questions about that. I suppose the pitfall on that is if the people who are visiting your studio are also very young, say they're late teens or early 20s, i.e. school, you know, how much of their own life experience are they even able to bring into the situation? What they're bringing in is often a gut response, maybe a quite subjective one. Mm -hmm. I think this is why maybe it's not a bad idea to have a real mix of people in the room when MFA critiques are happening. I mean, I think you're kind of starting to touch on a, a thing that's really essential, which is that people are going to have different responses and different ideas about the work. And we, we had talked about getting into maybe some of the just easy pitfalls to avoid of studio visits, which are like, don't tell an artist what they should do next. Like, because an artist is still figuring out the work. And I, I but I, I have to say when I, when I do a studio visit, I, I definitely try and avoid that because that is a pitfall. But at the same time, when I do a studio visit, you know, I ask questions that maybe sometimes are the direction or they're talking about the direction where I think an artist should go. But then sometimes it's just asking about any direction that I think the work could go itself. I, I try to not necessarily do a lead a horse to water type thing with my questioning, but have it kind of fully rounded. And it's always based on what I see in the work. Also, it's never where I think, you know, successful work goes. It's never necessarily just based on conceived notions of what good work is. Yeah. And so, so for instance, uh, in a, an essay that we've run this week by Betsy Hewitt about, uh, an argument for incoherence, she's basically, she is writing about the MFA studio critique and the, and what is fundamentally flawed about the model. She leads with the fact that almost everyone in a studio critique says, what if you scale this up? What if you make it bigger? Which is kind of one of the most common things. But instead of saying it like that, let, let's say we see some work in a studio and we think that there is a direction that would be possibly a good one that the artist may or may not have considered yet. Scaling it up is probably not that question. But let's just say it is. 
instead of saying, I think you should scale it up, or I think this would be great if it were bigger, you would just say something along the lines of, have you thought about what this would be like if you scaled it up? Or why did you decide to make this this size? Like what's important about this size that is part of a crucial part of the work. Even better. Yeah. One of the things that I try and go into a studio visit and one of my just kind of general pieces of advice for anyone is the idea that everything that an artist does is intentional. Like, you know, I, I got had a couple of conversations with um, some MFAs in Denton that I visited about how someone was like, well, I don't really call myself a photographer. And I'm like, that's like, great. You don't need to call yourself a thing. Like people say that they're a painter or they're this. And I'm like, as an artist, you should find the best medium to, uh, to, to use, to make your work and to make whatever message you're trying to get across. Yeah. To communicate your ideas. Yeah. And that's because the medium is at least half of the message. And that's always, that's always some of my advice in a visit because it's like people are like, well, I don't really do this and I, this is a painting, but I also, but I'm mainly a photographer and I'm like, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Like you thought this was a painting and you thought the best way to communicate this idea would be a painting. Why? You know, that, which really just speaks to the idea that the artist is really just, it's, he or she is watching your response when you walk into the room. They're going to see, they're going to look at your face and see how you're responding to whatever the newest thing is that you've put in front of them. And, you know, when I was at TCU and saw 11 students, all the work was extremely different. Some of it was, it was in different um, stages of being finished as well. You know, some students had kind of hit upon a, a new series that kind of was just already working. And some students were still just in the absolute newest stages of getting an idea worked out. That's all fine. And what I really liked is that none of them seemed to be very keen on defining themselves as what they do, mm -hmm. uh, which is what you're saying. I didn't get the feeling that any of them were having the tar beat out of them conceptually by their professors at this point, which was really nice. And I also loved it that some of the visits that I had with some of these young people were incredibly just kind of gentle and very general. Like, so... Mm -hmm. What what are you interested in? What are you concerned with? What are things that you're thinking about right now and how would you communicate those ideas? Which is very different from walking into a room and going, God, man, this stuff all looks great. You're done. You're finished. Just let's show it. The only time I've ever really thought that somebody can walk into a room and say to an artist, hey, have you thought about making this bigger, <laughs> would be an art dealer who's about to try to sell the work. Mm -hmm. And I've actually seen and heard dealers do that. I personally, I don't think I ever did that, although I think I, I wouldn't have been feeling terribly guilty if I told an artist that it might be nice if they also make some work that's saleable alongside all the stuff that's not. So you having been a dealer, how do you approach studio visits as a critic or as someone like going into an MFA and just talking with them about their work? How is that visit different for you than the studio visit with an artist you were either going to show or an artist that you were showing? If, if you're already their dealer, if you know that you're going to give them a show or that you're going to put their work in a show, then the visit takes on a different angle, which is that of professionalism, which is that of like, I know who my clients are. Um, I know what they're buying. I have an idea of who I could reach out to to buy specific kinds of work. Mm -hmm. And that all comes to bear on a studio visit that's leading up to an actual show. It's much more nuts and bolts at that point. And the artist hopefully is already far far enough along in the idea to where you have an, an idea of how the work is going to look in the space, your space. 
again, very different from just being a collector and walking into an artist studio. By the way, I've heard artists really complain about collectors who come to their space, um, who walk in and seem extremely entitled and just start touching everything, start snooping, start pointing out random things and saying, well, what's this? Well, what's this? Well, what are you going to do with this? And I'm not saying that I think collectors are broadly impolite. I'm saying that some collectors probably aren't as respectful of what is kind of a sacred space. They may be confused. You can walk into an artist studio. It can look chaotic. It can look like a mess, but that doesn't mean that what's happening there is chaotic or messy. Mm -hmm. What's happening there is very thoughtful and probably every single thing has been thought through incredibly carefully. So don't touch anything <laughs> unless you get permission. Yeah, that's a little bit of a of a, a modification of mindset also. And something that I always try to be conscious of when going into a studio, like I don't know if we're going to be walking around looking at work. I don't know if the artist is going to want to sit down in the chairs that are in the studio to talk. And I don't want to go in and like presume what this studio visit is going to be. Because when I when I go to a studio visit it kind of is a homey space because it's where an artist spends a lot of their time. But at the same time, it really is, it, it's a different kind of engagement. And a lot of times when I go to a studio visit, whether an artist asked me to come or whether I asked to come, I feel like I'm really there for the artist. Yeah. And, I, and, and along those lines, by the way, if you want to do a studio visit with a certain artist, just ask them. Yes. Um, I don't think it's imp I don't think it's impolite to ask any artist. Hey, do you want to do a studio visit? Hey, can I come by your studio? They can always say no. I think artists are good at that. If they're not comfortable with showing what they're working on right now, they may be in three months' time. They may be in six months' time. They may keep in mind that you asked them for a studio visit at one point and they weren't ready then, but they are now. So don't feel bad about it if you don't get a call or a text or an email to say, yeah, come on over. I don't think that means anything. I think it just means it was the, the timing was wrong. People, again, they want people to see their work. A lot of artists would like to get some feedback when they're about halfway through a body of work. So you mentioned uh, messy studios and how things are going on in them and everything has their place. As someone who does studio visits, what do you think of walking into a studio? Like, what do you want to see from the artist. I, I know I always sometimes, you know, we're, we're interested in people just generally that we being other people are interested in people and interested in process and interested in how things happen. And I have to say, whenever I walk into a studio and it's like set up like a gallery, I'm always kind of like, well, I want to see a little something, you know, like it, uh, it you helps see the process. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 well, the other thing is, a lot of times when you do a studio visit, you have a, a kind of a set amount of time or you are on a timer like MFA studio visits. And I feel like being able to walk in and see how someone works gives you a little more uh, a little more information that you don't have to kind of suss out or talk about sometimes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think often a, an artist might have you come in because they want you to look at a specific piece or a specific set of pieces. That's what they think that they want to talk about. And that may be true. I think if you go into an artist's studio and everything is very pat already, it's, it's likely because they're about to do a show and this is the work that's going in the show. Yeah. I think if things are still kind of open-ended and there's other stuff happening in the studio, I don't think it's a bad idea to start asking questions about other things that you see. You know, one of the things that they 
they may be looking for is not just the response to the work that they've put in front of you, but, you know, another thing Betsy brought up in her piece, and I think it's very true, and I think you and I have talked about how studio visits can be very draining for the visitor, is that if a visit is done right, it is draining for the visitor and it's draining for the artist because it's kind of like a co-therapy session. There needs to be a lot of honesty, but there needs to be a lot of openness and there needs to be some incoherence. There needs to be some struggling and some striving to even put words on what's happening there. And I think artists are happy to have a person come in from the outside and look at and see patterns and meanings that the artist maybe hasn't even put together yet. I love it when I'm in an artist studio and I start to say, you know, it seems like one thing that you keep doing from one body of work to another is this. And they may or may not have been completely conscious of that. Whether or not it's helpful to actually point it out and make it concrete, I don't know. What I hope is that that's not damaging. That's the part that is rewarding for you doing the studio visit. Like whenever I whenever I am doing a visit and I say something to an artist and they're like, oh, I haven't heard that before, or I haven't thought about mm-hmm. that. And, and as long as I, it actually seems genuine and not like they're just p- patronizing what you're saying because they think that, that's, that they're making you sound insightful, like that is the ultimate like rewarding part. Like I was doing a studio visit at UNT and I, uh, with an artist who's a ceramicist, and they, I mentioned that their work looked like, uh, like Mesoamerican incense burners because it had kind of these <laughs> loops and these like outlets for uh, liquid to come out of and you know this and they were like what i didn't get that before and i was like good like go look at those because these are like forms that you're drawing on and this is like a kinship thing and if you haven't seen that before that's even better because it means you're not accidentally imitating it it's just like a natural thing so then once you see it you can kind of draw on it in a really smart way yeah that's true uh you know and what you see they're they're also just looking for individual responses and it's a good way for them to prep themselves for what happens when they make the work really public is they won't be so surprised when they get some weird responses to their work if they've already had some weird responses to their work and i think Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons that artists should maybe pursue having studio visits as much as possible you know Ask people to come by. Ask people you wouldn't normally have around to even come by and see what they're doing because then when it shows up in a gallery and you have a crowd show up for the reception and everyone's walking around and looking at the work, you, as an artist, you already kind of have a sense of some of the responses that you may be getting for the work. And it won't be such a shock or it won't be a rude awakening. Another thing for very young artists, especially BFAs and MFAs, is if they're really just starting out a new body of work especially and they really don't know what they're tapping into yet, Um, the more people they can have in, and I would say if they could control this and have it be one-on-one as much as possible, Mm -hmm. the more they have an idea of how their work is impacting, uh, people out in the world. Um, when you get a group together, there can be a bit of a mob mentality to it. This is where I start to have a problem with the idea of committees and critiques where it's again, sort of the bloodbath. So it's like, you know, one angry, resentful person can bring down the tone of an entire critique. Well, I mean, just also the fact that you can't really focus on 
like a deep dive into a conversation. Like if there's more than two people talking, you know, you're going to have to include that third person in some way, shape or form and ideas can get derailed. And like, sometimes it leads to productive conversation, but then sometimes it leads kind of everyone away from any of the points that could actually be expanded upon if it were just two people talking. Yeah. I think if a curator is in your space, by the way, more likely a curator has asked to come by and that's why you're letting them in your studio. And it's because either you've applied for a residency and you're trying to get into it or there's a museum show coming up or a curator's about to write an intro essay to a catalog of yours or whatever. At that point, the conversation probably is going to be much more general about who you are as an artist and what your concerns are and what some of your themes are, what you tend to gravitate toward. And it may not be about any one particular body of work, but it would be a curator. A curator's probably trying to get a, a much bigger picture idea of what makes you tick. I would say that's probably true of a journalist or a critic as well. When you and I go in to do studio visits, um, mm -hmm. it may not be about a specific piece. It may be really about everything that the artist has done up to that point. When you when you had people come to your studio as an artist, what stands out to you as the best thing they could have done and the worst thing they could have done? Hmm, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I've had like I I had a Skype studio visit with uh, an artist who's in New York, and you know he knew nothing about my work, and he he was the one who asked just very kind of rudimentary basic questions, and then just saw a, a few kind of I don't want to say random, but miscellaneous insightful things about it just about the general process of what I was doing that I hadn't ever considered so when that a kind of line of questioning can really build up into something that it allows the person visiting to actually make an interesting conclusion I feel like that's one of the most rewarding things because it's like as an artist I was like okay I'm just gonna answer a bunch of questions for you and that's gonna be this 30 minute like conversation, but then it actually culminated in things that were interesting to me. I, I guess th the worst thing that can happen is just to have something that goes nowhere. Like as an artist, if you ask someone to come over, you, or at least I am really interested in what you think. Um, and I don't want you to kind of beat around the bush and I want you to tell me if something's not working and not really consider my feelings because if something's not working for you I want to be able to dig into the why and if it takes the entire time to get to the idea that something's not working for you that's just kind of wasted time because if you can immediately let me know that we can talk about why that might be and then see if by the end you see it in a different way or I see that it's not working or maybe we don't come to an agreement at all and it just doesn't work for you and that's fine but Anything that can actually breed productive conversation is the best, and the antithesis of that is the worst. Yeah, and when you bring that up, what it makes me think of is that your, your assessment of how well a studio visit has gone, if you're the artist... Um, is what you learned from it. It's what you learned from it, but you, you get to assign how much authority you think that person has coming into it. So if you have a seasoned artist who's used to doing studio visits and it just happens to be good at it, you're pro if that person says to you, I don't think this is working, and they say that pretty much right off the bat, you can take that seriously. You can take that on board. And you would because they have some authority. I was thinking about – I was hanging out with a, a 
pretty prominent international artist who does occasionally visit college campuses and do he does studio visits. Uh, he's asked to do studio visits. He's very busy. But he said that his sort of philosophy of studio visits, I was a little surprised by this. And at first when I heard it, I was kind of like, Err. but now I understand it. He, when it's a studio visit with a student any in any university here or abroad, um, he says he never gives negative. He only does he only concentrates on what's working. But by not focusing, and his implication is that by not ever focusing on anything that's not working, in other words, by <laughs> ignoring it, he's not validating that. He's only yeah. validating the direction that things are going and that seem to be working for him. And it's a very gentle kind of philosophy about how to do a studio visit with a young person. I have no idea if he's much more honest when he goes into this, the you know the studios of his peers, his international art star peers, or if he even does that. I mean, I can kind of get behind that way of doing visits with younger people. I, I feel like I, I might do a little bit of that, honestly, just because, Christina, I don't know how much you feel this when you go do a visit, but especially with people, uh, this is mainly with people that I don't know personally, because if, I, I feel like if I gauge someone uh, who I know personally, I can gauge whether they kind of want the true, true, honest uh, rubber meets the road feedback. But if I'm meeting with someone who I don't know, I will focus on what's working and have to turn a little bit of my critic brain off um oh sure it's it's still firing at full capacity but i might not say everything that i immediately comes to mind because christina you and i are kind of trained it's it's a little bit of our job to be able to just make judgments and move on because we see so much art and that isn't to say that i haven't seen things that i've then reconsidered and thought completely differently about um there's always things that i see and might not think about immediately but then they keep nagging at me and that's when i know that something's truly going on um but at the same time, I'm not going to walk into an artist's studio and be like, this is horrible. This, what what are you doing? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who feel like they've got the right to be that blunt. I know that I have a, a friend who's a, a good working, you know, professional artist who talked about a studio visit she had when Dave Hickey came to her school years ago, probably 20 plus years ago. I feel like all bets would be off for that. Yeah. I mean, he was so insulting to her and her work. It was actually, it's, I mean, when she tells me what he says, it's, it's kind of shocking. And I know Dave and, um, and I know how blunt he can be, but, uh, obviously she's going to remember that it didn't stop her from making the work that she was going to make. And then she ended up making more and more work and different bodies of work. And now she does well, but, um, it's not to say that wasn't somewhat traumatizing for her. I will say that an artist who's determined to be an artist will probably not be too blocked by a negative studio visit or by somebody coming in and being too blunt, but it kind of, I, I like to, I don't like to go in as a critic, as a person with boxing gloves on. I like to yeah. go in with a completely open mind and just think, you know, we're just going to have a chat and no, no expectations. Like how productive is this going to be, you know, to, to walk in with this kind of type A personality thinking something has to get done here. Something important has to be said. I think it's the wrong state of mind. I think that for those of us who are critics, I think that being able to go into young artist studios and to be reminded of just how painstaking 
the process is to come up with a new and compelling body of work, I think it's good to remind us of that. I like to be reminded of it. It's almost like a reminder of humanity. It's like this stuff has to come from somewhere and it's not always an easy thing or an easy place. And in fact, most really great art uh, comes out of some very, very hard work where things are just incredibly amorphous at the beginning. They don't really have a shape. That doesn't mean that they're not going to have a shape. But trying to tell the artist what shape that art needs to take is, again, is probably a terrible mistake unless, again, unless you're a dealer and it's like one month before the show opens and you have some suggestions on how to make the work more saleable, if that's the whole point. Yeah, and that's a different relationship at that point. It's like, you know, artists can expect, I mean, that's a business advising relationship, which is kind of it falls within the realm of the conversation of what we're talking about because I mean, it technically is a studio visit and, but at the same time, it's not a studio visit. It's not what actually artists are getting people to come to their studio to talk about. That is uh, one business person advising another business person on how they can make money, like mm-hmm. kind of boiled down to the very essence of what it is. I think in the case of committee critiques where three or four faculty professors are coming into your space I think I think if they're doing their job well, they can leave that out of it too. They, I mean, no one in art school should be really getting heavy instruction on how to make saleable art, um, nor should you feel the jealousy of your professors, which I know all these kind of pitfalls are just very real. But then again, the reason for the critique is to take on board what other people actual people's responses are to the work itself it's still something that if you're an artist i think you need to clock it i think you need to note it and then move on Mm -hmm. so i would say again the takeaway here is if you're an artist get people into your studio as much as possible it's going to prepare you a little bit better for when you finally make the work truly public i think that as a visitor the most important thing to do is to go in with a very very open mind no expectations and no real agenda Um, the visits that I had with students last week, the students who were, again, just barely coming up with their first ideas for a new body of work, those were extremely open conversations that didn't go anywhere in particular other than for me to just say, well, just keep on keeping on, just keep doing what you're doing. And I think another core component of this, this is something we've said in past podcasts uh, about other topics, and it's something that, Christina, you've kind of already alluded to, but If you want to have a studio visit and you are an artist or you're someone that wants to go have a studio visit, just ask. I feel like as, you know, a a younger person, I was sometimes um, a little timid about asking an artist and it's like, oh, are they gonna, and like you said earlier, the worst that someone can say is no. And people want to talk about their work and people want to get eyes in front of their work kind of no matter what those eyes are, because everyone has different thoughts and opinions and that's the really valuable part of it. So have studio visits and make the effort Just because it's them. not it's it's not much of an effort grand scheme and they're really fun and rewarding and and in texas you know this especially in some ways applies to texas that people need to actually make the move they need to ask because you know our cities are big they're very spread out people's studios are all over our big cities or they're out outside the big cities it's not like being in new york where everyone can be sort of concentrated and hang out in the same places at the same time uh once you're out of school especially you've got to make the effort to get people into your studio you just have to uh and it's absolutely worth it and again if you have a bad if you have a shitty studio visit where somebody isn't responsive or doesn't have much to say just don't have them back easy enough live and learn (laughs) 
And have multiple studio visits with somebody who seems genuinely curious and genuinely responsive. I think that's probably the best thing you can do for your own direction. But Yeah, that works with building relationships, but that also works with if someone has seen a past body of your work and had really good, interesting insights about it, have them back when you're working on a new body of work because they can probably contribute again. And have a mix of people, not just other artists, but have a mix of people come in, including people who are not artists, but who maybe work in the field um have your and mom you or your dad come have someone i was who gonna has say no your idea. parents yeah. your parents do not count they do not count as a studio visit you can't do that but <laughs> not, you know they, maybe maybe your brother or your sister or your stepbrother or your uncle or, or someone that doesn't know anything about art i think that is kind of a cool untapped resource because they'll come in and ask some of those basic questions that other people might not ask you well, that's true. That's true. But you need to brace yourself because it's going to be a whole different kind of studio visit. Of course. I think we're done. So if you have any questions, just let us know. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, this is an ongoing thing. I feel like some of the worst um, patterns or um, pitfalls that seem to be really stacking up on the MFAs in the last 10 years or so, I feel like having done a lot of studio visits with MFAs in the last few years, I feel like some of that has been alleviated. I feel like things are getting more open-ended again and less sort of um, prescriptive and bossy and overly subjective. I feel like I, the conversations I've had more recently with college students, uh, MFAs in particular, things like it seems like there's been a correction and that things are a little bit more open and interrogation is a little less aggressive and more open to interpretation. I think that's a positive move. And with that, go see some art. Go see some art. <laughs>